Hello, and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen. This episode is going to be a mess. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It's episode 29. That's Eric Dickerson's number. Same birthday as Dennis Keen. Uh, congrats on having 30 minutes to kill in your week. Let me start off by saying that, because if you have time to even listen to this, then uh, things are going well for you. Uh, you've won. You did it. Okay, or you've got nowhere else to go. Like Normandale on Hoosiers, a man like you comes to Hickory. He's either run from something or he's got nowhere else to go. What I'm doing here has nothing to do with you. Hoosiers, great movie. That and The Natural, favorite sports movies. Both have what? Who in them? Barbara Hershey, of course, being a female. Uh, doesn't get the recognition, recognition she should, but uh, that should get her on sport, sports podcasts alone that she's been in those two classics. Um. So those are my two faves. I know people were wondering. That was the sweepstakes, the question, the trivia question this week. Bull Durham is my favorite sports comedy. <laughs> There's some confusion there. Bull Durham is my favorite sports comedy, minor league baseball. Uh, you know, as much as I love major league, I just think Bull Durham uh, is the greatest sports comedy ever. Uh, but a close second, even a tie with that is Slapshot, a very underrated sports uh, comedy. Very underrated. Paul Newman. Comedy, upstate New York, cold weather, all perfect recipes. Uh, underrated. Boy, the diversity in this podcast. It used to be football, now it's all sports. I mean, you see how we're opening up after 29 episodes, 29 weeks in the pandemler? Um, Tampa just won it all in hockey. Isn't that crazy? How ironic. What? A, I mean, I know they won in 03 or something like that, but uh, it's uh, just insane that uh that market when i get bummed when it's a non-traditional power winning in hockey even though i don't really follow hockey until the playoffs uh but then you think okay those guys they've been in the grind forever okay uh you know they deserve it as much as any other players or coaches in the league because you know they're from all around they've all played on the you know the yankees or the red Sox or the you know cardinals dodgers they've played around the league right I used to get bummed when the Blue Jays were good or, or the Marlins, Florida Marlins now, Miami Marlins, or the Tampa Bay Rays because they were, they were uh, I didn't feel they were traditional. Um, but again, all those players have done their time. The Marlins won two World Series uh, by old school guys who'd seen it all. Jim Leland, Jack McKeon, were, uh, they were not high-profile dudes. Old school guys pulled it off. And Florida is a baseball mecca. Um, as much as any place in America, at all levels, right? Florida, man, Little League, high school, college, college teams, FSU, Miami, UF, uh, and more, and now pro. They got two teams in the playoffs. Uh, so Tampa won it in hockey, and um, both Florida baseball teams are advancing to the playoffs. They've got a football team with Brady, Aarons, and Gronk, okay, who's 3-1 and one and just had an impressive win again yesterday. Uh, and the NBA Finals are in Orlando. Florida is where it's at right now, if you like sports. So let's get over there. Florida, interestingly enough, some interesting things about Florida while we're on this subject. Um, it, it, very interesting is... Because um, the interesting part, we're, we're going to start in episode 30. So this is episode 29. But but one of the interesting things about Florida is, is uh, they weren't really involved in the Civil War. And the whole Southern cultural type thing. Society wasn't really in Florida yet. You know, the saying goes, in Florida, the further north you go, the further south you get. And uh, you get up there in Gainesville and Tallahassee, man, it gets pretty Southern. Pretty ironic. But Tampa's its own thing. And then, you know, it's right on the water. 
Orlando is Disney World, Suburban. Miami is a big international coastal city. But Jacksonville is just as much Georgia as it is Florida. You know, I've seen it. I've been there. I performed there. I was I performed there. That was uh, a weekend where someone let off the uh, fire alarm in the hotel at like 2 in the morning. Because I always wondered what happens. I was like, surely they don't knock on every door and make you come out. Yes, they do. And you're out there for about an hour at 2 in the morning. And you're tired and you want to sleep. And you have to just stand out there. Thank God it was in Florida and not uh, Connecticut in the winter. But I know about these border towns. I was born in a border town, Toledo, Ohio. Tons of Michigan fans. All right? It was almost Toledo, Michigan. And it would have been. You know? It would have been. It would have. But they got the UP instead. The second largest city behind Detroit. Instead, it was the fifth largest city in Ohio. Anyway, in the book Gone with the Wind, which is an amazing book. I took a summer once and read it. Just amazing. In it, they refer to Florida as the Spanish territory. They don't even go down there. They don't really address it. It's not even on their radar. Like, possibly the North would never attack from there. Um, I don't know why that's so weird to me. As if the North couldn't pay Spain to use their territory and attack the South from the South. But but in the book, it's just like, oh, that's down by Spanish territory. Like, south of uh, Atlanta, south of Tara, which is the town that that takes place in. Might have to read that again. Uh, we don't go down there type thing. I mean, it wasn't that far away. It's just kind of written off a little. I mean, it's just, but in those days you didn't think of like, Oh, what's beyond this border life doesn't exist, which must've been nice to just like you have this big estate and then there's just land and land and land that you don't even need to bother going to. You're like, we have enough land. And then who knows what exists beyond that? Like back in that time, I mean, you're talking about 150 years ago, almost 200 years ago. Um, I guess it's a little similar to Southern Cal in Mexico. I think Texas does a better job of interaction at the border. A lot of Americans just live across the Texas border in Mexico. Not so many that I know live across the California-Mexico border. Uh, I don't know that there's much crossover here as there is in Texas. Part of that is a much longer border, but I just know that we don't have enough interaction. You know, I feel like California especially doesn't have enough uh, interaction. Spanish could be a required. I think it should be a requirement from first grade up until senior year in high school. I, why not? Why not just have that first grade? I mean, that's you know, that's eight, that's twelve years of schooling, Spanish required. It's it just like it's a reality, and it would only help with uh, white and Latino interaction in Southern California or all of California, all all the United States. Um, I think there are Americans that use the Tijuana Airport, but feel like it. I feel like it should be more utilized. I think TJ and San Diego can be sibling cities, you know, and really knock it out of the park. I'm sure there are plenty of people who like both cities right where they are um, with, you know, rules in place and whatnot. But I'm a dreamer. I'm an idealist. Uh, I'd love to see us uh, interact more and it not just be this like military state where you're going into a different world. It doesn't have to be that way. We're two Christian countries. Um, not being a dreamer or ideal, idealist would bore the uh, absolute hell out of me. Um, if you are those things, you're taking the easy way. You know. Anyway, point is, a lot of sports going on in Florida. Um, had a great weekend. It's Monday, right? Been 48 for a week. Went down to OC again. There's something about getting away. There's something about getting away. Uh, and then especially getting away when there's a lockdown, right? Getting out of the crucible that uh, L.A. and I think Manhattan are. I don't know that other cities in the country are like this. I would imagine San Francisco, Chicago a little bit, 
but uh, just it's just too too tight, man. Can't go anywhere. Um, we all need that in life, whether it's leaving for a day, for a weekend, a drive, an hour away, or four hours. Maybe that's what a walk is, is just a quick reboot, a go away and a return. Excited about both. Um, I will say, I, I don't know if I can keep drinking. You know, I drank a little uh, Friday night, Saturday night, a little Sunday morning before I headed back up here, and uh, I have to limit it. I can't do two nights in a row anymore. Pub crawls, I mean, I have to cut out midway through from now on. It's one of the differences with age is just not wanting to go to sleep drunk. You know, I didn't mind it years ago, but now if I drink, I like to cut out early, sober up, then go to bed, right? Wind down before bed. Uh, not that I need to drink at all, you know, but um, I don't want messed up dreams anymore. It gets gnarly. You've been drinking. I want to be better in all areas. I wish that desire had hit me a year ago or so or two years uh, in the middle of a relationship, you know, instead of like having to lose kind of everything, you know, work, the relationship, all that stuff. And then you're like, okay, now I can, now I can really focus on being better when it was there the whole time. But you know, um, the good part by dating a decent person for three years, you come out of that seeing things you never saw before. Uh, and if you're wise and do the right thing, hopefully that's what I'm doing. You can't go back to, to bad habits, to dating indecent people. Um, you probably could. I don't want to. Uh, I've tried to start something with uh, since my last relationship um, with people. They're very good people. Um, so that's good that, that the people I tried to start that with are solid. Um, and it just didn't, I don't know, didn't take for a variety of reasons, right? But uh, hopefully, you know, in life, if even if people don't get married, we at least build uh, them up and they build us up and the breakups happen and people move on and excel and advance and evolve high tide type thing, uh, all over the place. I'm doing relationship advice. Okay. Again, this episode's a mess. Um, going for drives is good. Sometimes that hour and a half down orange County or back is enough to wipe someone out though. Right? Like it's like only an hour and a half, but man, yesterday I was wiped, but, um, you know, it's the heat too. This heat is like swelling all of us. Uh, I'll tell you, in this pandemic, I'll drive, man. I'll drive to a store and I'll find the further location away from my place. I'll drive to a store and 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 go to the one further, so I have more time in the car, air conditioned, on the road, just away from my room, uh, in the car, long ride. Even if I've done nothing but a drive, I get home, and sometimes the thing on my mind, whatever it was, is solved the problem, the issue. I've thought it through. If you're relieved, you're like, okay, I can go back to my room, hang out, whatever, watch TV, write. Um, we purchased a fryer. Dave and I got a fryer. Uh, you fill it about one third of the way with vegetable oil, not olive oil, and you drop and watch uh, your vegetables or food, whatever, until golden brown. You got a little spoon strainer. It's fantastic. We've made wings, french fries, onion rings, I mean, homemade fries, guys. Homemade fries and onion rings. You know the margin of error? Like, it can go so far south when you're trying to make homemade fries and onion rings. These things were delicious. Some of the best fries I've ever had. Uh, with a fryer. It was a $30 fryer, a daddy fryer or something like that. Fryer daddy? Fryer papa? Oh, boy. Um, it helps to have a roommate who's a really good cook. That's Dave Burley. You can look him up. Um, okay, where are we? 12 minutes in. 
All right, we're almost done here with everything. Uh, there's a lot going on with the sports, man. It is exploding. This is like the mecca. You know, and usually we don't have these three playing like this. What we have basketball and baseball playoffs same time with football. Football could be any any time of year, but these three same time is unbelievable, and it sure as hell helps that all the LA teams are good. Uh, Rams Rams doing well. Chargers are one and three, but playing great football. They could easily be four zero, easily. Just a couple of weird calls here and there, and just one play. They they're basically one play away in every game. Uh, Lakers doing well. Dodgers supposed to win. Lakers should win in five. Okay, they're up two to one right now. They'll play again Tuesday, and they should win in five. I get a little upset. They lose, um, but you know. They did. They had just one. I think at that point they'd won four. They'd won six in a row. Lose one, then they, you know, they win two more and it's over. Dodgers are strong, but once again, I'm not a believer in their reliever. You know what I'm saying? Um, not a believer in their middle relief and, and relief pitching. I don't know that it'll happen. Playoffs are different. They're so different from the regular season, and I just don't have faith that they'll. I'm pulling for them all the way, but I watch what these other teams can do. Um, and uh, it's just amazing. Yankees, man, they're built. They are built for these playoffs. Once they get into the playoffs, it's they're just confident, and they're like, okay, cool, now we're home. It's almost like the challenge for them is just getting there, or the challenge for every other team is going from the playoffs to the you know championship. Um, yeah, I was going to talk about the Lakers really quick. You know, I wasn't a fan growing up so much because they played the Pistons in the finals a couple years in the late 80s when I was like 14 or 15. And uh, But one of the things I didn't love about the Lakers was they had so many spoiled... Like, I grew up in Orange County after being in Michigan, and they have so many spoiled OC Orange County kids that like the Lakers. But, you know, they all lived in Mishvejo or Laguna Niguel or Laguna Beach or Newport. And they're all like Laker fans. They were just like front runners. They didn't know much about sports. They didn't really play sports, a lot of them. And I just didn't think it was fair that they had these easy, easy lives, didn't care about sports, but then they had a great Laker team to root for. I thought like, okay, the Angels, you got something, all right? I thought that was the team Orange County deserved. Suburban, mediocre history, not the spiciest culture around. Um, Dodgers very much loved it. Uh, always loved the Dodgers. So I didn't love the Lakers, okay? But then I started going to concerts at the Forum where the Lakers used to play. And it's so good acoustically. It's such a little mecca. It's such a little symbol of excellence with the Showtime and, you know, Will Chamberlain, Jerry West and all that. And it's down there in Inglewood. And, uh, you know, it's a parking lot around the stadium. It's not, like, tricky. It just It's the center of, like, Inglewood. And I started driving Uber, started substitute teaching in and around Inglewood, and I started seeing what the Lakers meant to South Central Los Angeles, what it meant, what they meant to the black community of this city. And the fact that I've lived here 20 years now, I love sports. Um, I really started to like Kobe, especially as a, as a retired athlete, some of the stuff he was doing and his brand and the image he was putting out there. Kobe's post-career was shining and to see him in that light away from the court was so impressive. And then, of course, his untimely passing, um, which is just amazing. And the only reason we don't dwell on that more is because all the other crazy events of 2020. Uh, and then LeBron, an Ohio guy, just taking yet another team to the finals with yet another different co coach is just uh, 
it's enough now for me to be able to like the Lakers. Like, I'm like, it's, I'm okay. Okay. I mean, I, I'm like, what, what have I been fighting? Why? I live here. I still think Magic was the greatest of all time. Uh, people will say that he had Kareem, but it wasn't Kareem at his peak. You know, he was the reason for Kareem's resurgence and not just the beneficiary of having Kareem. Also, what Magic got out of other players. What Jordan did for Pippen, Magic did for many. Worthy, Byron, amazing, but without Magic, they don't go as far. Um, Rambus, AC Green, all those guys, right? Anyway, pulling for the Lakers, seeing more, uh, seeing them more indigenously than I did as a kid growing up watching what appeared to be effortless success with a Hollywood and Newport Beach fan base. I didn't like that. I hated it. I didn't feel they deserved them. Isn't that weird? Who spends this much time thinking about it? Not that I'm fine with those fan bases now, but hopefully, ideally, less judgmental, more concerned with the true LA sports fans, you know? Because um, it's like all the Southern Cal LA people loved the Lakers, uh, but baseball was like, you know, you had Angels or, Do- or Dodgers, and that's really where you found out Orange County people. But whatever, people are going to go for the closest team, right? Um, this is funny. I went to two Piston Laker finals games in like 1988, 1989, maybe it was 89, 90. Um, my dad was born in Detroit. Uh, he was pulling for the Pistons. We were all pulling for the Pistons, right? He got us tickets two games, two years in a row. There were three of us, my little brother, myself, my dad, and I think I was a freshman. And so I'm 15. My brother's like 10 or 9, and my dad's a grown man. And three of us, there were three Piston fans and 14,997 Laker fans. And uh, we were cheering, and one big dude, man, he wanted a brawl too. Uh, he was like, hey, man, you keep rooting for the Pistons. You know, we're going to kill you and your family. And my dad was like, go ahead. My dad was just like, yeah, f- feel free. They'll die with me. We'll go out together. Like, you know, Pistons never been here, man. And I was like, Dad, we can switch it up, man. We don't need to root for the Pistons. Or at least we can keep quiet. But he wasn't having any of it. And uh, almost got in this brawl. It's like, who who's picking on a guy with two kids at the game? But uh, every market has them those fans man pistons lost that game lost the series in seven uh was incredible series great effort bad boys image overplayed they were great without that image that's all slop they weren't thugs okay they were skilled unbelievable players and we were bummed next year the pistons and lakers make it back they beat the lakers and we went again to another game and we cheered for the pistons and they won, and sure, it cost my grandmother her life, but sacrifices need to be made, okay? My dad was not backing down. He wanted the Pistons to have a championship. Um, so, yeah, for a long time, I fought that thing with the Lakers. I don't know. I could go move to New York if I ever do, and I don't think I could root ever for the Yankees, but I do admire the hell out of their program. Um, you know, they are uh, they're tough outs, man. They're long at bats. And I, I always used to joke that the best part of the 1980s as a kid is that the Cowboys never won a Super Bowl and the Yankees never won a uh, World Series. Both World Series. Both teams uh, were between dynasties. And a little piece of fiction, Dallas, the TV show, ran. It started the year after they won their Super Bowl in 77. And, uh, and then it ran until the year before they won their next Super Bowl. So... But that was the only part of that show I liked was when they'd do the opening and they'd show Cowboy Stadium. I always thought that was so cool. And the music was fantastic. Um, but uh, 
I don't know. I didn't. I didn't care for the Yankees or the Cowboys. But I, you know, and Cardinals is the same thing. St. Louis Cardinals. But I admire the organizations. I admire how good they are. They give you an enemy to root against, which is sometimes just as important as being um, a big team name. I think those three. I think the Lakers, Yankees, and um, Cowboys were the pro sports. I'd say Notre Dame, Duke. Those are probably the other two. Um, and we also lost Bob Gibson, the great uh, Cardinals pitcher this week. That's terrible. Uh, but again, I, I love these organizations. I thank them for making it easy to root against them. Uh, Christ, I have a, a Cardinals jersey, a St. Louis Cardinals jersey. This has got to be. I mean, the the ratings and the downloads for this are off the charts. Okay. Um, I want to talk about the debates really quick um, and why people vote how they vote and i think why people uh talk in in their circles about um things they talk about i mean i don't know if you're at a party on a friday and saturday with other parents or just people in your community i don't know that you want debate i think you just want to go along with it tribalism maybe you get intimidated it's just convenient uh and easier just to go along with it maybe you are lying or you just don't want to talk about it at all you don't want to back up however you feel your stance um it's so good that you're voting alone when you're in that booth can you imagine if you had to vote in front of people then it's like uh, okay now my house is going to get burned but uh, so much of it is tribalism and it's not necessarily what you believe but look we're in this community this person in office is better for this community than that person so you know what are you supposed to do uh the debates i, I didn't i watched very little of it uh, you know, a lot of people like me made up your mind so long ago that it doesn't even matter. I mean, and and now Trump's got COVID, which I, I don't even know. Just a perfect exclamation point to this year. Um, but, you know, I will say that in the debate when Trump tried to bring up, uh, he tried to squeeze in Elizabeth Warren and call her Pocahontas yet again. It was almost like, dude, it's played out. We're exhausted. Don't you have any other fuel but shock at this point? Uh, and I think people are just exhausted of it. And I think a good thing with this COVID is he'll be a little radio silent. And America will be like, oh, wow, that's this is kind of nice, the radio silence. We can have this again for the next four years if we vote against him. I mean... Like, Biden now doesn't have to come forward with anything. He can just kick back. He doesn't even need to say, like, when's the next debate? Because he can just claim, oh, I'm not going next to that guy. He's got COVID. I mean, he can ride that out until the election. We're not having another debate. I'm not going near that guy. And he doesn't have to go and, and risk getting humiliated. And uh, the fact that Trump couldn't humiliate him more, it's not a good sign for Trump. Because people were just cringing and ready, and the chaos just washed away all that. Biden wasn't made to look foolish or of cognitive decline because Trump kept talking and interrupting and made him look worse. Kind of like what Gore would shake his head at Bush in 2000. Um, if Biden wins, it'll be a huge sigh of relief for so much of America. Um, so much of America. Uh I was on the Bernie train. It'll be a lot of anti-Bernie people relieved. A lot of anti-Trump people will be relieved. Um, so much will just be calmer if Trump loses. We won't be at war with each other at all hours. 
will at least have an adult in charge. You know, I don't love Biden at all, but what Trump has done and who he is, it only excites animal, uneducated children in this country. Um, Trump's got COVID, man. What, what an insane year. This guy six months ago probably had this thing wrapped up, this election. Then, you know, the, the, the pandemic hits, the BLM movement, both are terribly handled, you know. Would, you know, I know he's blamed for stuff. He didn't blame for the cause of it, but just how it's been handled. No leadership, no inspiration, no compassion. And now he's on the ropes, man. And, and again, Biden can just be like, I don't want to debate again. Why risk it? He can carry that for a month. He can go back to silent mode and nobody cares. Nobody even cares what he says. It's just, I think, I think a majority, the silent majority too, has just moved away from Agent Orange, you know? I think they want him out regardless. Just decompress, have something boring for the next four years, you know? Now, I don't know if he gets really sick if, if Pence will step in and have to run. I would, I would think that it would be Pence. And then they'll appoint a VP. So it would be Pence versus Biden. Uh, I doubt there'd even be a debate. Um, but, uh, again, at least we'd have decency and calmness with either of those guys. I want Just the boredom of either of those guys is welcome. Okay, um... Because we used to have adults running things. We don't now. These things, we need people. Th these days, we need people not only raising children. We need people raising adults. It's just crazy. Uh, you know, the World War II generation and a little after that, we were all good, right? Now we've gotten away from that. Not that we need a war to wake us up, but Jesus. Okay. Um, what do we got here? Okay, we're at 25 minutes. Okay. Uh I keep seeing in random places. I'll save that for next week. I'll save the really boring stuff for next week. Okay, why don't we do this really quick? Why don't we... Um, we'll do these these tweets that I do every week. And uh, we'll call it Patrick Keen's Tweets of the week. And this is some really good stuff. Okay, on Monday I tweeted... Last Monday I tweeted, What's Karate Kid? I'm too young. <laughs> right. It was right in my wheelhouse, please. On Tuesday, I tweeted, can't wait to get back to mediocre mediocrity once comedy resumes. You know, like I'm so hopeful to get back to something that never was before. Okay, on Wednesday, I tweeted, what did people say before rock and roll when they were about to kick ass? You know, like, you guys ready to, you guys ready to get classical? Let's do this. Like in 1890. Yeah. Who wants to get classical? You know, like you know, outdoor shows. Okay, on Thursday, I tweeted, uh, running out of things to blame on the pandemic. I don't know if we all feel that way, but some of these things, I'm like, oh, I guess I could go for a hike. Yeah, I can't blame that. On you know. on Friday, I tweeted, uh, NBA Finals need to wrap up soon in time for the start of next season. Get it? Because they just start like two weeks. Because normally we start, what, mid-November? And these NBA playoffs are going to be over mid-October. But who knows? I think they're going to bump it to like Christmas or New Year's, give the guys a little break. Okay. Um, so that was Patrick Keene's tweets of the week, guys. Just just magical. Okay. Um, so there was more to talk about, but I have to cut it because I want to talk about, uh, in closing, uh, someone we lost in my uh, high school community down in Orange County, an old grade school and high school uh, classmate. We lost a kid from the class of 1992 uh, this past week named Brian McGibbon. Um, he was a year behind me in grade school and high school. He played football with us. Uh, he was a quarterback, kind of a backup quarterback. I don't know that he played up into junior and senior year. I knew he played as a grade school kid, and then he was a 
kind of on the JV there. After his sophomore year, might have said that's enough because uh, he got banged around a lot. Um, actually went to school for his sis- with his sister for a year as well, I think at Newhart. She was a little older than me. But uh, it's funny, Brian and I, uh, we were like 180 on a lot of different teams we liked. We liked the exact opposite teams. It was weird. He liked UCLA. I liked USC. Uh, he liked Miami. I liked Notre Dame. I think he loved the Lakers at the time, who I now like. Anyway, I think, um, uh, yeah, it, it was rough. And, and, you know, we had a lot in those days, our, our high school football team. I think he passed away from a heart attack. Um, he was a grandfather. He's a very young grandfather at 46 or 47. Um. And it's really rough. I don't know if his parents are still with us, but that is a tough one. You know, he when we got injured the same day once in practice, he got sacked hard at practice, and I think he had to go in for like a CAT scan and maybe a look at his uh, concussion protocol and stuff like that. And I had busted my thumb in a play, so I was in the hospital that night as well as him. And, you know, again, we didn't go light in practice at all. We were full pads like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then finally walk through was Friday and then a game Friday night and so we both ended up at Mission Viejo Hospital Mission Viejo Hospital his injury was much more obvious um, and had to get checked and his dad was there and his dad was uh, does that always remind me of Ed Herman kind of tall educated glasses very uh, sophisticated looked uh, very intellectual I don't know if he no the actor Ed Herman does a lot of voiceover um, but uh and I met him there that night, and I think my mom was there, and he was so nervous. He was pacing the halls. Naturally, his son was being looked at, and he was so nervous, he shook my right hand that had a wrap on it that it had been the whole reason I was at the hospital. And then I told him the reason I was in the hospital there, and he was even more nervous. He's like, oh, no, I just caused you more damage. And he was just a wreck, the poor guy. But uh, anyway, Brian was okay that night, of course, and I think he, I think he finished playing pretty sooner after that but uh he stuck it out man he stuck it out he was out there throwing around his uh you know his confidence and um spirit of the game and stuff like that and uh anyway i hope his family is dealing with this as best as can be expected i did see a facebook post that was a nice tribute i don't know all the details but i hope he rests in peace there and that his family uh finds peace and hopefully is surrounded by love you know in these in a terrible situation uh so that's brian mcgibbon class of uh 1992 at santa margarita high school um okay that's all i got i i again all over the place completely scattered but uh hopefully it's something interesting i don't know at some you know you got to kill your time somehow uh subscribe thank you patrick keen keen on things uh keen of comedy on instagram and twitter thanks guys have a good week